<laughs> That's the intro right there. <laughs> Does everyone think I'm a Jets fan now or what? And it's the Red Rocket. Red Rider. Even the BB gun from the Christmas story. That guy. <laughs> Hard to target someone when you're on IR or they're on IR. It's like... <laughs> That's a six next to the two, sir. I'm not interested. It doesn't fit my rebuild. And like now at age 28, he just became irrelevant. Oh, okay. He's on a ton of my taxis still. Because I only need him for the playoffs. I'm in the playoffs. A lot of injuries. Now and in the future, if not now, in the future. To win, because I'm going to win Zach Wilson next year and the year after. I thought about one time I'll just do the intro backwards, like... Wire Dynasty back, welcome, but not today. Welcome back to the Dynasty Wire. This is your host, Iowa. I am joined once again by local fantasy football savant, definitely not a Jets fan, Henry St. Clair. J-E-T-S, let's go Jets. There you go. By proxy, <laughs> assimilated into waving a flag on that popular highlight. Yep, even 10 states away. Well, the Jets had some picks in the last draft. They got a couple people that you like, and they got the valuable 1.02 by not being very good. But not being quite bad enough to get the 101. Well, there's uh, definitely some strategy involved there, like when you Sudfeld your Hurts at quarterback to achieve a better draft pick position. Or to spite your division rival, the Giants, by not letting them in the playoffs. I know quite a few people were upset about that one. Well... That leads us into what we want to talk about today is how picks are determined in your leagues and then some guys that you might want to either stash or trash. The guys that are going to be at the end of your roster might be available on your waivers. You might be considering, should I hold on to this guy going into next season? What we're going to do today is going to be the quarterbacks and running backs and we'll double back next week and dive into wide receivers and then touch on some of the tight ends. Those guys at each position that you need to be tacking on to the end of your roster or thinking about letting loose for something that has some kind of upside or potential next year. Yeah, comes down to, is this guy ever going to do anything possibly in the slightest? Yep. And then if this guy's going to help me this year, even if he's not going to be there next year, maybe I need him. Should I stash him for the playoffs? Well, we're going to touch on all that here. But as you make these decisions, a lot of the decisions you make are based on how you're affecting your picks in the future. Once you have to lower your ambitions and realize that this isn't the year that you're going to win the championship, you're trying to set yourself up to be in the best position in the future. So I ask you, you're in a ton of leagues with me. I have the same format I use for determining picks and a bunch of other settings that I use as a consistent thing throughout all the leagues. In the leagues that you are in that aren't mine, how are your picks determined? A lot of them are run by people that follow your same philosophy of reverse max pf uh, mutual friends of ours mm -hmm. the ones that aren't typically uh done by reverse standings a couple leagues have some super interesting anti-tanking measures that seem to be changing every year as people find loopholes around them and some weird attempt to try to make the league more competitive but at the end of the day it happens in every sport people tank to get better picks if you're tanking that means that your team is not very good there's no advantage to winning by tanking if you are going for the bottom pick it's because your team is not very good 
Well, when you're tanking, you're trying to put your team in a better position in the future when you realize that it's not happening this year. And as you said, it's there in all sports. Every sport has it to an extent. So knowing that that is a constant, that people are going to try to tank, the reason why I choose reverse max PF, which max PF is the max points your team would have scored in a given week totaled for the season. That's what your season max points for are. It's like your best ball roster score each week. So the reasoning behind having max PF as the reverse there is, like you said there, reverse order of standings determines picks 1 through 12. If that's the case, it's in your best interest to lose, not only if your team isn't good, but let's say you get to that 5 and 6 place matchup. Your best bet is to lose that matchup. You should just pretty much bench everyone. Now, obviously people are going to have tanking rules, like you said there, but that's a constant battle. Yeah, uh, an argument sprung up in an in a league this past week where a guy elected to play Mike Glennon over Russell Wilson because he wanted to lose. The commish has rules that say you have to set a lineup. And he goes, okay, I'll set a lineup, but won't be very good. And, you know, it was all guys playing, but it was like, you know, Benjamin over Najee Harris or something. It was... And then that sparked the debate of like, well, you didn't set your best lineup. And then the guy's like, why don't you just set everyone's lineup as you best see it? And, you know, that's kind of a dumb point to be made. But either change the rules to where that doesn't happen or just understand that it's going to happen. Exactly. Like you said there, either change the rules because in all reality, this falls back on the commish. If you make it where you have to set your best lineup, who are you to be the god of start sit to tell everyone who they should and shouldn't start every week? Like you might as well play all 12 teams and then from a commissioner's standpoint you have to micromanage everyone who you're starting who you're sitting because it has a direct effect on how your picks are going to be determined if you can get away with it it's in your best interest of your team though underhanded as it is that is technically what would be best for you so using like reverse max pf to determine the picks if you don't start your best lineup you're still credited with your best lineup when determining what points your team could have scored for figuring out what pick you're going to get in the following season yep said it there commissioners really look back on it say how hard would it be to change you know the format in which we do our draft picks maybe you're fine with it maybe you're fine with hey once a team is eliminated from playoff contention or has gotten to the point where they have you know a lot of their studs on ir or their roster just isn't good that we are okay with them tanking because their team's not very good anyways and you know whatever or come to the conclusion that you want everyone to always be attempting to win which someone's always going to try to game that but make it in a way that is pleasing to all well what's pleasing to me is a lot of trade activity reasons to make moves and be active in the leagues you're in like you said there if your team is full of ir players i want to create the motivation to play in the league is to win now and in the future or if not now in the future but in a given week you are not incentivized to start a suboptimal lineup when your matchups determine your picks you're determining picks based largely on luck a bigger factor is luck because the teams you are facing their record your the week the matchups at the 
those individual weeks, just how it ended up playing out versus one other team in the league on a one-to-one basis on a one-week measure determines one of the grading points for your pick. That incentivizes you to do some funny things where at max PF, you're setting your best lineup regardless because you're going to be credited with it anyways. Yep, and then there's a whole nother debate on league format. If you if you're in a 12 team, 14, 10, 8, you know, 16, one of those crazy 32 team leagues. But the question of whether or not to have divisions. There are divisions in the NFL. There's divisions in many sports. It creates long-standing rivalries. It creates a winner of a division gets a certain playoff consideration or ranking or whatever. I play in a couple of leagues with divisions where. It's two teams from three divisions make the playoffs in a 12-team league. So six teams make the playoffs to per th- every division, three divisions. And there's divisions that are just top-heavy, where there's two teams that are the best two teams in the league. So the other two teams, they don't care about the league. They go, I'm not going to be able to win for you know the next two years, just like the Panthers in the NFC South. You know, I mean, they tank every year. And the Jets in the AFC East. So... That you know begs another question of divisions and maybe a reason to get rid of them or, you know, it just depends on how you want to run your league. Yep. And this episode and future episodes, we'll touch on a lot of the different formats. As far as determining picks with reverse max PF and its stimulating activity, your IR slots or even your bench with IR players are not scoring towards your max points total for a season. That makes injured players desirable for rebuild teams or eliminated teams. This alone stimulates activity because who does a team that is winning right now want to move more than someone who is hurt and going to miss part of the season but still has a lot of value? Yep, definitely. That'll beg the question of a couple stashes or trashes based off of your IR spots. If you're in a league with 10 IR spots or only five or have some leagues that don't have IR spots, maybe a guy like Jameis Winston is a trash in a league that doesn't have an IR spot. Maybe, you know, a guy like Jake Funk would be a stash in some 10 IR league, but obviously no consideration otherwise. Yep. And we can touch on that in future episodes too, as far as how to use your IR on a weekly basis to maximize the potential output of your roster there. You touched on it, stash or trash. As we get rolling into this here, I would like to start with quarterbacks. So for this exercise, basically we're going to go through players and we're going to say whether we would rather stash these players or trash these players. For this assumption, we're going to going to assume that your league is close to at least 300 players total rostered before IRs or up to like 360 or so. So if we're saying a deep guy, this is guy that's probably over 300 or at least towards the back end of being rostered as far as a overall roster percentage. We're going to look a little bit at sleeper and that's how we'll we'll measure the roster percentage but starting here with quarterbacks for quarterbacks specifically is there something you're looking for one as far as this is a guy that i would rather have on my bench to end the season rather than something that i would consider trash something that is not likely to be worth rostering by the time we roll around to next year guys that have some capability of having a future in the league right if you're looking at a 37 year old backup quarterback who's behind a stud franchise quarterback maybe that guy gets hurt and maybe your 37 year old quarterback gets to play a game or two but he's not someone that's going to help you win a championship or certainly not going to help you next year he might mess up your max pf 
like a Colt McCoy or Trevor Simeon did this year potentially. But I'd be looking at a younger guy that could potentially have a future. Yeah, when it's determined by Max PF, it makes you look at putting Deshaun Jackson on your bench, whether it's really worth it, because he might blow up one week, two weeks, three weeks. You didn't start him any of the weeks. All he did was raise your max points for for those few weeks that he was on your roster, and you never played him and got any kind of value out of him. So it might make you look at those players a little differently than you might in a league where the picks are determined in a different fashion. Sticking with quarterbacks here, who's someone that you like to stash as far as a late guy put at the end of your roster where your team isn't in contention this year and you're just trying to put someone on the end of your roster who might make the cut next year? Well, I don't know that we've ever explicitly mentioned here, but I am a student at the University of Missouri and a former Mizzou product, Drew Locke, second round pick. Many believe that he could be the answer for the Broncos, a quarterback. Looks like he's lost that battle to Teddy for the time being. And Teddy, you know, can get hurt and he's gotten banged up here and there. Drew Locke came in, didn't look great, and has never really looked great. But he's 24 and there's a reason he was a second round pick. He's got the arm talent. He's a smart kid. He's got a great attitude. It's just a matter of if he can do it in the NFL, get a limit the turnovers. I like that one. Locke isn't someone who I'm necessarily going out of my way to trade for. If you don't have like a trade deadline, you have the ability to trade right now. I'm not going out trying to like acquire Locke, but if your league's shallow enough to maybe where he hits the waivers, which he did in one of my leagues, which happened to be a 16-team Superflex from a win-now team, I was able to pick up Drew Locke. If he slides down to your taxi, which minor flexible, they don't have like a set date. That's a potential guy. You It's a catch-all phrase, but there's worse things that you can stash. And when you're going into next year, you know you've got X amount of picks coming. If you haven't traded anything, you've got three or four or five picks coming for next year for more players to put on the end of your roster. You know what that means? You're going to have to cut three or four or five players if they don't get hurt before the season. Like me, when you have Akers and ETN, and they freed up all kinds of spots for your draft picks. But yeah, you're focused on the upside. You're not trying to stash someone who you hope might be player number 300 next year for the last spot on your bench. You want someone with either some upside or someone who you know you're probably going to end up cutting because you picked a rookie. Yeah, for example, a guy you wouldn't want to stash would be Joe Flacco, right? A 36-some-odd-year-old quarterback, back up for the Jets. Sure, if Zach Wilson gets hurt or gets benched, maybe he plays a game. Maybe he scores you 12 fantasy points because he doesn't run and doesn't throw for a ton of yards or touchdowns. He's just not worth the having. He's a career journeyman, a backup, even when he's playing Man, I hope I have another quarterback I can play over him. I might even flex in some sort of wide receiver or tight end in a premium league if I can. And that's not the kind of upside you're after for sure. A team that has a couple guys that are kind of polarizing is like Winston on the Saints. For some reason, Trevor Simeon is still rostered in a ton of leagues. I have zero interest in putting Trevor Simeon on the end of my bench, but... Winston, I mean, even if he doesn't fit on an IR slot, that's someone who, he lands a starting gig, he's going to be rostered in all of your leagues if it's of average depth and super flex. So that's something where he he is worth a roster spot going into next season for me, Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston definitely worth a roster spot. Uh, although he did tear his ACL and maybe something else in his knee, he 
gave the Saints, the Saints the best chance to win of any quarterback they've had this year, which I think they were 5-2 and two before he got hurt or 5-3, and three, and it's just been downhill from there. Simeon obviously couldn't get it done. Former Broncos legend Trevor Simeon. The reason that he might still be rostered in some leagues is because Taysom Hill suffered minor mallet finger last game like Russell Wilson was out with. So if you desperately need a guy rest of the season that maybe becomes a quarterback... Trevor Simeon, but that's not a great spot to be in at all for your roster, and he will be nothing next year. I'm surprised he's been anything this year. Yeah, there are a couple guys that kind of came out of nowhere, and it was kind of a surprise there were anything this year, like Mike White or Jacoby Brissett. These are a couple guys where they don't deserve a roster spot going into next season. Like, you can't just look at the fantasy point total for the season and stash the quarterbacks who scored. Because that's how you end up having guys that you are definitely going to be dropping later. If they end up having value, it's because someone ahead of them got hurt and they probably weren't rostered at that point. The only ones that are pretty distant, distant from being relevant, where I still want to put them on my roster, are going to be the younger guys. The guys that I can fit down to taxi, slide down to taxi to make room to make roster moves. So as of right now, I'm willing to put Jake from State Farm on my taxi, but I will know by the end of the season whether he's actually going to stay there or not. But the Giants did sign him off of the Bills practice squad. Now, whether he starts this week or not, he's someone who would fit on your taxi. Is Jake from State Farm? Jake Fromm, is he a stash or a trash for you? Jake Fromm, definitely a trash for me. Uh, the Giants just added him because Daniel Jones is hurt and he's young. Could be a Kyle Laletta type of situation or a Davis Webb of years gone by where he's just a young guy that we should give someone a shot in case they wind up being a, a franchise quarterback for us somehow or doing anything. Might as well pick up the young undrafted guys or the young Guys that got cut or on a practice squad somewhere like Will Greer got a chance in Carolina. Obviously, didn't wind up being anything. He's not a guy that I would look to roster even right now. I don't think there's a scenario where we start next season like Jake from X-Team starting quarterback. So it seems like a pretty distant, an opportunity that is pretty unlikely in Jake from State Farm ending up being relevant in the future. Now, if... They say, Daniel Jones, we're just going to put you on IR, and you got a quarterback, even if it's not the greatest quarterback, if your league is deep enough or quarterbacks are rewarded enough. There's worse people you could have on the end of your roster to finish out the season if you are in desperate need of quarterback play or something that's going to score more than your average flex player in your super flex spot. Speaking of an older guy who you should drop off of any dynasty team it pains me to say it but ryan fitzpatrick is not going to play football ever again he's 39 years old he got put on season ending ir he was on a one-year deal he's just done he'll be 40 next year no one's signing a 40 year old career journeyman ryan fitzpatrick to come be their quarterback draft anyone in any round and give them a chance to prove to be your franchise quarterback go sign someone in free agency who's better than ryan fitzpatrick there's a better option than Ryan Fitzpatrick if you're an NFL team, and he should not be rostered in Dynasty Fantasy Football. Yeah, basically, if he's on my IR, then I'm not necessarily like dropping him straight off of my IR, but as soon as my IR fills, he's one of the first ones I'm pushing out. They said either today, I think, or a day ago, it's now officially over, even though we probably saw it coming a while back. But as far as for this season, yeah, not optimistic about the future. Now, someone who does have a little bit of optimism in the future, at least in some circles, 
is Davis Mills. Do you think he's worth the stash? Absolutely, Davis Mills is worth worth the stash. He was a highly touted prospect coming out of high school. Fell off a little bit in college at Stanford. Had a couple knee injuries not go his way. But he's had okay performances for the Texans. Shocked it took them this long to just start playing him over Tyrod Taylor. But definitely worth a chance. This class isn't necessarily known as one of the best quarterback classes in recent years. Maybe the Texans use their draft capital elsewhere and punt quarterback down the line, give Davis Mills maybe one more chance to show that he can do something. Definitely worth a stash to me. Which, in a lot of scenarios, he's probably already been tucked away on a taxi for quite a while now. But if for some reason he's out there, he is someone who at least has a small percent chance of having a gain in value over the offseason going into next year as in compared to now even though Tyrod dinged right now so he's going to make some starts here to end the season what about Tyrod Taylor gosh maybe I don't know how I feel about that one I don't think he gets a starting job anywhere he really wasn't going to get one this year until the Watts and stuff and all that garbage went down he was kind of a last ditch option there do you have a differing opinion Uh, I'm right there with you as far as that goes. This is Jacoby Brissett, where this guy is, by design, is going to be the backup quarterback. Does he have a possibility of being the starter somewhere if the quarterback ahead of him goes down and there's not anything available via trade or free agency or they get in the draft? If by chance things don't go as planned and he ends up being the starting quarterback, could he have some relevancy? Maybe. He got traded in the, at the trade deadline, and people were trading late seconds for Tyrod Taylor. But someone who I traded for really close to the deadline in one league was Gardner Minshew. Stash or trash? Definite stash on Gardner Minshew. He's a must-stash, some might say. <laughs> uh, a lot of people thought the, the video of him and his dad outside the Philly game looking like they were in a mosh pit, you know, bumping into each other, getting that way. His dad was a weightlifter, and Minshew's got that fiery attitude towards him. From all accounts, you know, Philly really enjoyed having him play. His teammates rallied around him. They all think he's a great personality. So if Hurts were to get hurt or get sudfelded, Again, (laughs) I think Minshew was not the problem in Jacksonville. He's had an okay start to his career. Maybe he's a career journeyman that kind of sits on your bench and you wish you could drop him, but then he becomes a backup somewhere and beats out the starter. He's still got a couple years ahead of him. I think the ceiling is not elite for Minshew, no matter what ends up happening. Is the ceiling adequate given a starting role? It is. I mean, he was even a, like, what, the number 12 quarterback last week in his spot start there. He was a QB1, is what you meant to say. Yeah, (laughs) depends on how you want to spin the narrative. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, mustache, mustache, Minshew, I can get it. A realistic expectation of an outcome is that he can be Fitzpatrick, where he's on a team with another young quarterback who is eventually going to take the reins and they're rolling out their Minshew initially. Or they have a quarterback who they don't have a lot of faith in and Minshew behind them. The quarterback ahead of him messing up, he can come in and at least do something cool and then ride off into the sunset on a Harley. Yep, that's currently the situation he's in. A team that doesn't believe in the starter brought him in. (laughs) Another guy that the team might not believe in the starter, Marcus Mariota. Stash or trash? He's one of my favorite little late late stashes because 
He's not even rostered in 30% of leagues, is he? No, 29.9, about as close as you can get, but not over that 30 threshold. Well, the fact that a guy that hasn't even made a start this season is rostered in 29.9% of sleeper leagues. The percent is consistent between one QB and Superflex. You have all of Dynasty. So it that would make sense. Dynasty roster ship percentage. It is not the same as redraft for sure. Yep. So Marcus Mariota, he liked the mobility, former second overall pick in 2015. Maybe I'm wrong on the year, but that sounds about right. He had a couple good years there in Tennessee, beat the Chiefs by completing a pass to himself for a touchdown. He's certainly flashed great athleticism. Not necessarily a prototypical pocket passer, not going to make all the right reads all the time, although he doesn't really turn the ball over a ton, but not going to have the ability to throw the ball as well as others which for fantasy i don't really care about yeah Mariota. they've been giving him little packages and whatnot i have no idea why they wanted him to be Carr's backup so bad i guess Carr was struggling before and you know has not been struggling to that level in recent history but Mariota, he's better than pretty much all the other backup qbs in the league now is a team going to be like something we can build the franchise around no but if the Broncos don't end up with a QB, don't win the Rodgers sweepstakes or the Russell Wilson sweepstakes that's likely to happen here in the offseason. He's someone I could see them bringing in if they don't end up getting something better. Yeah, he's still 28 years old. He's younger than Cam Newton. So a team like the Panthers that maybe wants to try their 17th different potential quarterback there next year could bring him in to compete for a job. Another guy I think that got kind of a unfair shake, former second overall pick, just like Mariota, the Mitchell Trubisky. He led the Bears... Maybe led is the wrong terminology, but he went with the Bears to the playoffs and got double doinked in a game where he played really well. And went to the playoffs last year and uh, had the Javon Wims punch game against the Saints in the playoffs. But went to the playoffs twice with the Bears, and that's more than they're doing this year with Fields and Dalton. Maybe got a rough shake, gets an opportunity somewhere. I like it. Because it's not like this is an old guy riding out whatever team is willing to give him a little bit of money there. Better than the average waiver backup quarterback. Now, once we're getting down into these like later QBs, this is probably like your 16 super flex deep leagues or a very deep otherwise league. But if your league is only has like 300 players rostered, I'm probably not putting Mariota there. There's probably other guys we'll get to uh, either here or in future episodes that might be better stashes in leagues that aren't as deep. Before we transition to running backs here, I have one more, and it's the Red Rocket. Stash or trash? I was just about to mention the, the Red Rifle, the Red Rider, even the BB gun from the Christmas story. You don't like Red Rocket? Don't know that I've heard that in a, in a non... It, does that have a negative connotation with it? It does to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think of dogs when I hear Red Rocket, and not in a good way. Oh. <laughs> that is correct, sir. Um, so Andy Dalton, um, backup QB1 for the Bears, as we heard so frequently this offseason, was indeed the sacrifice lamb for the Rams. You know, maybe he gets brought in somewhere to compete for a job. Maybe. I, I don't really foresee that happening. I think he'll wind up finding a backup job like he did in Dallas for Dak Prescott, where he's just another backup quarterback. So maybe that says trash. Yeah, he 
is basically trash. Now, if it's a super, super deep league, like you're looking at the roster ship percentages and it's in the teens, I guess Andy Dalton, because if in the offseason a starting quarterback somewhere goes down, Andy Dalton could be a candidate to be traded to that team if he's already signed somewhere or signed with that team to be their bridge quarterback. I don't think he's washed yet, though they did say that Fields is going to start this week. Yeah, definitely not entirely washed, but also not entirely not washed. Well, not washed and back off injury. The guy right beside him there, David Montgomery, is back at it again. But behind him, there are several different running backs. Do you have an opinion on who's a stash and who's a trash in the Chicago backfield? Well, I have no idea what... Khalil Herbert's roster ship percentages, but it should be dang near 100%. Mm-hmm. Sixth round, seventh round pick, one of those two out of Virginia Tech. He looked awesome on tape to me. I couldn't believe that he went as late as he did in the NFL draft. Finally got the opportunity. I think it coincided with Damian <laughs> Williams getting COVID or something, and that's what it, that's what it takes in the NFL. Is <laughs> It coincided? Yeah, is that, that's a word. It Tariq coincided? Oh, oh Tariq. <laughs> Okay. See, see, you're pretty clever. Pretty okay. clever. That was good. See, you meant to do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It coincided with Tariq tearing an ACL and not recovering, and what Damian Williams getting COVID or having some sort of other weird injury, and he he got the lion's share. He got the bear's share of the carries, <laughs> and he looked really good with them. I think he went over 100 yards once or twice. Was able to carry it 20 plus times. Um, definitely the cuff there to have in Chicago. Maybe even the back of the future if Montgomery doesn't stick around past the first contract. Damian Williams would be a trash to me. Yeah, if he fits on your IR and it's Sunday afternoon, half the players are already on waivers. There's worse guys you can pick up, stick it there, but. It's just because you're going to drop him again. I'd have to agree there. That's trash. Not something I'm looking forward to having on the end of my roster going into next season for his, what, 30-year-old season? Yep, he should have won a Super Bowl MVP in Kansas City by a lot of people's opinions. Didn't, obviously, but he played a great role there in Kansas City. and He's had a decent enough career, but it's likely over. Jarrett Patterson, stash or trash? Another young guy, another stash. I believe he grew up in the Washington area, grew up his whole life wanting to play for there, scored, what, 16 touchdowns in five games at Buffalo or something outrageous, went undrafted, signed with Washington. I thought that he'd be able to beat out J.D. McKissick, but I think just Dust McKissick just got injured in some way, shape, or form, and be the back there to have if Gibson goes down. Yep, he's no longer IR eligible, as I had to move him up from a ton of leagues, but (laughs) I'm not sure exactly whether he's coming back this week or not, but Jared Patterson split touches last week with Wendell Smallwood behind the clear leader in the backfield, Gibson. Jared Patterson, someone I like. If you're within the first two years of your NFL career, you're pretty much a stash in my books if you if you meet the threshold where we're talking about like guys that are 30% or more. Someone else who would fit that mold would be like Jamar Jefferson. Uh, I know a lot of people like DeAndre Swift, as they should, but Jamal Williams, a lot of people are a big fan. I'm not a super big fan. He was one I was seeing getting traded at the deadline and not someone I was trying to go acquire. And that's just because I kind of like Jamar Jefferson there, even if it's not immediately or by the end of this season. I think going forward, that's that's someone I'm kind of hoping that I can can make the cut. 
and stay on the end of my roster. It's possible. Lions did sign Jamal, I believe, to a two-year deal, but we see guys get cut after one year on those all the time. Probably not heavily guaranteed much. So if they believe in Jamar like you, maybe they give Jamal the boot and let Jamar come in there. If you're going into next season, we've touched on a couple of them here. How are you looking at it with like the running backs? For me, I'm I'm basically focusing on one, the younger guys, because the older guys are probably going to be free agents by the time the season rolls around anyways. And two, trying to envision a way where they could get relevance without having to have two, three, four, five, six injuries around them for it to happen. Yep, I know a guy that we disagreed with or disagreed with each other on in the offseason was Eno Benjamin, former seventh round pick out of uh, Arizona State. Some at local Arizona school, Arizona. So they took their guy and he was often a healthy scratch. Coach's decision, DNP, in a ton of games. With Edmonds down, Benjamin has been active but hasn't seen a ton of work. He had one touchdown this year. Maybe the only touchdown he'll ever get. He's not someone that I'm dying to have at 5'9", 207. He managed to run through a DB that he probably had 20 pounds on that looked awesome on tape, but he's just not a player that I'd ever see becoming the bell cow in Arizona. Chase Edmonds has the skills you look for in a fantasy running back. He has the ability to catch. He's fast. He's explosive. He may not be like the ideal size, which that is that is the knock, but a free agent next year. If he ends up landing in New England and he becomes a consistent James White for New England, he could have some value. Now, he's basically above that threshold, or at least right there at that threshold for Arizona, as far as being stash or trash worthy, but absolutely someone who I want to stash, someone who I was would be willing to accept as tack-ons to deals at the deadlines for rebuild teams, slide them down to IR and hope for the best next year. But Eno Benjamin, yep, healthy scratches. They brought in Connor and he's getting, they're getting every dollar's worth out of him uh, with Chase Edmonds, who's been on IR there. And even then, Eno got a couple carries last week here and there, but if Connor isn't there and Edmonds isn't there, they just sound like a great place for a running back to go or to be drafted to. So I could see him being, oh, maybe Eno. And then boom, competition comes. And it's like, okay, yeah, never mind. Forget about Eno. But for me, Eno Benjamin, he did have decent college production. Don't have the numbers here right in front of me there. But as someone who I liked a couple of years ago, someone who is still also eligible for your taxi. But when I go down my list of guys who I'm trying to stash, he's kind of down there on the list. But he doesn't make it all the way to trash, even though if the league's shallow enough, you could consider him trash depending on which one of these stashes are available. Yep, you know, Benjamin, like you said, Chase Edmonds, a free agent after the year, James Conner, a free agent. You know, will be there until 2024 or whenever because he was a rookie last year. So four-year contract, maybe he remains at least the cuff in Arizona. So I could see an argument for it. Um, a guy that most people would consider trash if they were a redraft player. They probably never even heard of the guy. Keyshawn Vaughn, a definite stash for me. Yep, we've talked about it previously, and now's the time of year where people are actually starting to think that far in advance, but he's the only one who's still under contract going into next season. He's another one where it's like Eno Benjamin, where he's been a healthy scratch a whole lot, but he also is young, so maybe 
if the chips fell right, he's at least young enough to have relevance to an extent for more than just a year if things were to fall right. So, I mean, like, as far as your confidence level, it's not super high, but we're talking about the stash guys, not the stud guys. In that same vein, Giovanni Bernard, do you think he's worth keeping on the end of your roster if you're already eliminated from the playoffs? Oh, if you're already eliminated from the playoffs, absolutely no way. No way, no how. Yeah, he does his thing, right? That's what I've been told. He does his thing. He comes in there on third down. Catches passes out of the backfield. Unless you have some weird RB reception premium league where third down backs just kill it. That's all he is. He's a third down back brought in exclusively for passing downs. Bruce Arians, when David Johnson was a rookie in Arizona, didn't even like to play David Johnson. and He wound up being a stud. So Keyshawn Vaughn not being in as good graces as a rookie or second year player isn't necessarily scary for me. It's just the history of Bruce Arians. He was a former third round pick from... One of those small SEC schools, Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. forced a ton of missed tackles, led the SEC in missed tackles, forced broken tackles, all those great statistics playing against Bama, Georgia, Texas A&Ms of the world, going up against NFL caliber linebackers and defensive players. So I believe in the talent of Keyshawn Vaughn, definitely. If he gets the opportunity, I feel like we're yet to see him fail with opportunity. He just hasn't been given it. Well, the hope lives to die another day <laughs> that many a early second, maybe even late first on Keyshawn Vaughn in many a league wasn't wasted. But a later round guy who's also young, who hasn't necessarily gotten a, his own run yet this year, is Larry Roundtree. Now, he's in a backfield with a whole bunch of guys behind Eckler. A little long in the tooth, as you might like to say there. Obviously been doing well. Receiving chops can last a while. But looking at the guys behind him, is there anyone there who you would consider a stash? Um, Justin Jackson done in Los Angeles after this season. So that's one less potential backup to Eckler. So that gives Roundtree a little more intrigue. Joshua Kelly was beloved last season early on in the year when he came in and was good. And now he's been a healthy scratch. So I think Roundtree would be the my choice of the litter there behind Eckler. I agree with you there. Uh, he's also rostered in like twice as many leagues as the other two. He's also a, a Mizzou product. Oh, well, there you go. Automatic check mark. Green check. You got it. <laughs> but Kelly, how deep of a league would it have to be for him to be a stash for you? Uh, he's in a couple of my leagues, but every time he gets scratched or I'm looking at someone, if I'm competitive this year, I don't want Josh Kelly mm-hmm. just because I know that there's really no chance. If my team's really terrible and I'm rostering a bunch of deep shot lottery ticket scratch offs, sure, he can be a scratch off, but I just don't know that he's ever going to get a chance. You mean you're not hanging on to that 120 carry week from early last year? Yep, believe it or not, I'm not clinging on to the 23 for 64 yards, 2.8 per carry game. So Brian Hill, they got that kind of workload in Atlanta and would go 20 for 63 every game. Those guys just don't last very long in the league, even if they are young. That's a perfect example of a guy who a lot of people had on the end of their roster ending last season. And then you come into this season and and this guy isn't on any rosters anymore. Another confusing backfield in San Francisco. There's several guys there. Can you help me sort this out? Because half of them are hurt. You know how it goes with that kind of backfield anyways. 
Trey Sermon stash. I don't care how much capital you spent on him, how mad you are that he's not playing. He's a stash. Don't drop him. I saw him get dropped in a league. Jamichael Hasty trash, but stash if you want to. Doesn't have great prototypical size. It's a receiving back and an offense that doesn't really use a receiving back because they line up under center a ton and you don't check it down to your running back out of center. Also an undrafted free agent. Think out of Baylor. Jeff Wilson... I guess a stash because they gave him a mini extension and they believe in him. Trenton Cannon, a trash. Raheem Mostert, IR eligible. I like him more than I like Ryan Fitzpatrick on my IR, that's for sure. Not someone I'm necessarily going to go out there and try to trade for. That's a good point because once once someone falls into the IR eligible category, they start getting on a different grading scale because mm-hmm. now you're against all the other people who are on IR, whether they're worth stashing versus the other IR players. Most are, despite being still made of glass and currently broken, I can understand the stash there. I, I kind of like stash and hasty, and a lot of that is just because if you have have a logical reason for how the backfield should be used it's probably not going to go that way <laughs> he's just going to do whatever he wants it's going to be super unpredictable so you just get one of those guys maybe if the chips fall right the chips fell right a couple times last year and he was the the lead back on the roster for a couple weeks someone who fits on a taxi he's someone i'm still willing to stash even if he's kind of a trashy stash yeah he's never scored more than 10 points in a single week over two seasons just not someone that I ever think is going to usurp Elijah Mitchell getting hurt. Maybe Mosher, if they bring him back, Jeff Wilson will be back. Trey Sermon is doing something on that team, maybe. They're, they're always bringing in, like, Carrion Johnson for workouts and just a bunch of different guys. Even if you think it's going to be him, you can't play him because who knows? Yeah, if it's a deeper league, he's someone I'm picking up and also someone I'm dropping immediately as soon as I find someone I like a little bit better. Yep. Another confusing backfield, the New England Patriots. Now, Ramadre Stevenson, everybody's already keeping. It's not like he's on any waivers. Damian Harris, not on any waivers. But what about Taylor? What many had deemed as the James White replacement. Now... I think that he fumbles too much and that he misses blocking assignments too much for Bill Belichick to ever like him, as much as people might hope. Saw him do it a couple weeks ago, and he was a healthy scratch a couple weeks because of it. I think James White might be the James White replacement in New England. They will play guys on their team that they believe in until they absolutely cannot play football anymore. If they understand the offense, if they fill a role on the team, They have Matthew Slater on that team forever, Julian Edelman on the team forever. It's guys that know what their job is, like Patrick Chung, Deron Harmon at one point. It's safety. Bill Belichick likes guys he's familiar with, and I think the level of familiarity with James White, potentially getting checkdowns from Mac Jones, who obviously can't run, so he's going to check it down, I think is a decent IR stash. James White and his fellow older running back field mate, Brandon Bolden, are both guys where if my IR fills, I have no problem cutting James White. If he ends up bouncing back and being okay for maybe one more year in his 30s, I guess, but it's not someone I'm dropping anything of consequence to pick up to get to my IR or to stash on my bench. J.J. Taylor, he he's rostering a, a much lower percent of leagues in comparison to these other two guys, but... There's a reason they put him on the active roster was because they were afraid he was going to get poached. I know he's on like COVID IR right now, but Damien Harris just did like a little hamstring injury last week. 
So maybe if we're lucky, we get a little bit of that at the end of the season here, or maybe it's rhino season, but not in like the poaching way. But there's scenarios where I think J.J. Taylor could end up rising to relevancy. Like maybe they're changing out the faces between Bolden and White, and then, you know, these are the new running backs that will be confusing in the future. The upside is definitely more there with J.J. Taylor. If you stash J.J. Taylor and you're correct that he's the next James White, then awesome, you have the next James White maybe for five years. Whereas if James White comes back, maybe you get another year or two of a borderline OKRB2 if you're desperate. I guess Savan Ahmed is an interesting name because he was a healthy scratch a couple weeks ago. Still see him rostered in 50% of leagues. I've got no interest anymore. Is it because Lindsay is there? It's because Lindsay's there. It's because Malcolm Brown's returning from IR. It's because Miles Gaskin's there, and he's going to be a backup next year. And whoever they bring in is going to be that guy. The Niners also famously, as famous as you can get for UDFA keeping goes, they kept Jamichael Hasty over Savan Ahmed last year. Now, should that forever be an indictment that Jamichael Hasty greater than signed Savan Ahmed? No, but it tells me that. At least Kyle Shanahan thought Jamichael Hasty was better than Savan Ahmed. So if I don't want Hasty, I don't want Ahmed. I think Ahmed's trash. Trash. <laughs> trash. Uh, Malcolm Brown, older guy, but obviously trash. trash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Miles Gaskin? Stash. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely Stash. Oh, uh, okay. All right. No, no. He's better than Stash. I was just trying to trick you into saying Trash, which would, would have also been an acceptable answer. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's true, but he should also be in your lineup. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On your roster, for sure. Jerk Dokes. <laughs> yeah, Jared Dokes. Yeah, gone. Jared Dokes, too. Gone. Yeah, Ben Trash. Rex Drophead dropped off my roster. Carlos Hyde also dropped off my roster. Yep, that's someone where he could actually have some relevance over the end of the season. I guess James Robinson fumbled a couple times, which is mm-hmm. not something he's known for, but he has done it recently and been benched or whatever. Maybe towards the end of the season here, Carlos Hyde has... Barely flex streamability, but no, this guy's over 30. You're not trying to stash him for next year, especially if they get rid of like Urban Meyer. Yeah, uh, even if James Robinson is out, period, for the next three weeks. Enjoy your 24 carries for 57 yards from Carlos Hyde every week you try to play him and get 5.7 points off zero receptions and no touchdowns because it's the Jags. Uh, Tariq Cohen. I'm out. Trash. Out. Out. I think his ACL recovery's gone too poorly. They say he's stiff. Receiving back with a mobile quarterback doesn't work out with Justin Fields. I think he's a trash. Yep. And when we say this stash or trash too, this doesn't mean trash your career is over. It just means this is whether it's worth going into the beginning of next season with this guy on your roster. May something happen and somebody rise out of borderline irrelevancy back into relevancy. Sure. The guys you want to have on your roster, at least going into like rookie draft season, because you know, we're going to be dropping some of these guys. This is hopefully eliminating some of them. Uh, Another backfield that has several different pieces and probably some moving ones is Seattle. So Carson, Neck, what if this dude just retires? Okay, well then it's Penny again. Penny. Penny. I don't know if you're like she and you hate Big Bang Theory. She and hates Big Bang Theory. <laughs> I don't think it's the funniest show, but uh, 
I know my grandparents are pretty fond of it, so I have a soft spot for it. The main character just reminds me of my brother to an extent, so <laughs> it automatically makes it where it's at least tolerable there. But Penny? He's in the last year of his rookie deal because they declined the fifth-year option, so he could be elsewhere next year. I guess first-round capital running back. Might as well stash him. Sure, stash. He's someone who I've picked up and dropped in a bunch <laughs> of different leagues where he's just been on that fringe of being rostered in whatever depth these leagues were. But now Alex Collins, who's been dinged recently, Penny and DJ back there. If you uh, want to start Travis Homer and hope that they fake a punt for 80 yards every <laughs> week or 70 plus yards, then, you know, I guess you got him there too. Yep. And then they even brought in Adrian Peterson because they said, we might not be a good team. We'll probably miss the playoffs, but we want a 37 year old running back while we do it. So that's one where it's hard to push the drop button on AP if you picked him up and then now you're eliminated. But odds of relevancy next year? Zero. Yeah. This is not something you want to go into next season. At best, he'll be a free agent that gets signed week 13 like this year or whatever. So Hey, you got signed by the Titans too this year and also dropped by the Titans. Oh, man. What a bummer. Yep. Yep. When the Titans say trash, that's when you know. Yep. Hey, they said it to, uh, what, Javion Hawkins and Makai Sargent. They both went to the Rams. Surprised AP didn't wind up there. So, Seattle, definitely confusing. I could definitely see them either signing somebody of relevance or drafting somebody next year. I'm kind of curious to see how that backfield plays out because I'm not sure the lead back is on the roster currently. Yeah, I think if you want to trash DJ Dallas, Travis Homer, you can. Anthony McFarland, same draft class as DJ Dallas, also trash. Uh, Jalen Samuels, trash. LaMichael Pirine of the Jets, trash. He has been a coach who's inactive. Tevin Coleman's playing. Ty Johnson's playing. Michael Carter's on IR, and that dude's still irrelevant. So, Michael P. Ryan can be dropped. Samaje P. Ryan? Um, I guess stash for the rest of the season and then drop in the offseason. I mean, there's no way he gets any opportunity next year. No, there's no <laughs> path I can envision where I'm like, I'm so glad I have Samaj P. Ryan on my roster to be in next season. Absolutely not. Yeah. At best, you're looking at like a questionable, maybe he's the backup type situation. Maybe if you squint really, really, really hard, Kenny and Wang Wu, you could see a path where uh, Cook reaggravates hamstring in preseason, going to miss the first six weeks. And then is Madison going to be there next year? Yeah, Madison will be there. Same draft class as Pollard. So he'll be there another, what, year? So yeah, Kenny and Wang Wu, he's taken the Mike Boone role of years gone by where Cook is injury prone towards ACL in college. Had a couple injuries early in his career in the NFL. Heck, the ACL might have even been early pros. But then we see Madison come in. And I don't think Madison's ever really come in and not subsequently gotten hurt to some extent. So the third string running back, someone that we've seen run back a couple kicks and punts pretty far, uh, shown great speed and elusiveness. So yeah, it's dash for me. That's like when you look at guys in college, if they're used on punt and kick returns, it's often because they're one of the better athletes on their team, or they're very fast or very quick, agile. Those are guys I often like more than people who are evaluated as equal, just because that's I like to favor the athletes to an extent, and Kenny definitely qualifies as such. Madison is already rostered everywhere. It's not like you're going to have an opportunity to pick him up. 
I was trading for him a ton at the deadline. But one more confusing backfield here, Baltimore. Tyson Trash Williams is his official name. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I guess Latavius is a stash for the rest of the year. And then uh, Trash Devonta. I actually like Devonta Freeman in the future a little bit. Maybe another year of being some backup that gets a chance. Yep. Kind of like where Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley were rostered all offseason in a high percentage of leagues and came into this season rostered in a high percentage of leagues. Even if they're not on a team, they could go to the team and at least be relevant to an extent. And you see like Devonta Freeman just put up a 20 point week here really recently. So I kind of like the idea of maybe, but he's right there on the fringe, man, because he could go right back to the couch next year and be worth absolutely nothing. Yeah. Gus Edwards. Oh, Gus Edwards. Definite stash. Definite, definite stash. He signed a big extension this offseason. Still like 26 or something. I want to say 6'3", 230, just off the top of my head. He's a big guy. Heart and soul type player for that offense. He's well-liked in the locker room. He'll definitely see the next two years of his contract. It was it was a two- or three-year extension on top of the deal that he already had a year left on, so I think he's there the next two, three years easily. Now, I would talk about this one, but I know they're your favorite team. What about the Jets' backfield? That's what I was saying earlier with LaMichael Pirine. He's a definite cut. He's been inactive. What about, like, Ty Johnson, though? I know that some people thought that he was going to become the back there. He's not bad. He's a receiving back more than anything, which Zach Wilson has not shown a propensity to check it down. He's much more likely to just chuck it deep and say, oh, well, I threw another interception. Just add it to my tab. But he's definitely more of a stash than Tevin Coleman would be in a rebuild just because of sheer age. Definitely better than LaMichael Pirine. I quoted on a pod a while back saying that Running backs that go for over 200 yards versus the Iowa Hawkeyes end up being studs in the pros. And it was true for Barkley, CMC, and then JT. Well, way before them was Tevin Coleman on the Hoosiers. Tevin Coleman was good for a while. Yep, he wasn't bad, but trash. Matt Breida, trash. (sighs) I mean, he's not old. Is he not old? He's 26. Well, if I've learned anything from Aaron Jones being 27, he's, (laughs) he's dead in the water. Imagine trading for an RB who's 26 and an antique at the tread deadline. Couldn't be me. Unless I got him really low, like the 14th pick. (laughs) Yeah, that was what the deadline was like in a lot of my leagues. His guys who you look on Reddit and you think everybody's worth five firsts, you know, (laughs) and then you get to the trade deadline and nobody even is willing to look at Kamara. Or cook because oh, I'm sorry. That's a that's a six next to the two, sir. I'm not interested. It doesn't fit my rebuild. <laughs> Matt Breida had a couple games where he was okay here recently. The games he was okay in, I'll spoil the surprise for you. He scored a touchdown or two. The games that he was terrible in, he didn't score a touchdown or two. This past week, Zach Moss was not a healthy and active again, and actually was a bigger part of the backfield than Matt Breida and barely was outsnapped by Singletary just by a handful of snaps. I don't know what it is about Zach Moss where they're like, let's bench the guy. Okay, you've served your time now. You can come back to being co-starter. It's, it's either co-starter or not playing. It doesn't really make sense at all. Well, there was something to do with like a family thing at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And I don't know if anybody knows what happened last week. No, no clue. So whatever it is, I'm guessing we're just as the public are uninformed currently what the deal is there but zach moss isn't someone i'm considering dropping no by any means but brita should be 
I don't have a problem dropping Brita. Now, I said on the Sleeper Wire show that Brita was most hurt before most hurt was cool. Both on the Niners, yeah. Yep, that fast, explosive, big play guy. I was really hoping Brita would channel his inner Sean McCoy for the snow game on Monday, but that didn't happen. Didn't get a, a Monday miracle there, but nah, Brita wasn't on any rosters going into the season. There are very, very few rosters going into the season. I'd imagine he enters next season the same way, unless there's several different events that would elevate him to relevancy. A couple guys that I've been adding recently or have added throughout the year, Quadre Olison in Atlanta. He was active one game, and then Mike Davis finally decided that he could play football again, and Cordero got healthy again. Uh, he's interesting, still young. Mike Davis, I think, did it on like eight snaps. Oh, yeah, he, he scored. That's what it was, is Mike Davis scored, so he mm-hmm. was okay. Older RB that I'm not super interested in, but has some current relevance. And then Benny Snell, Kentucky product. The Pittsburgh backfield, who's the backup? Who's the backup? Who's the backup? Who's the backup this year? Don't know. Who's the backup next year? Probably Benny Snell. Mm. He'll be under contract. Balazs won't be. That's just my whole reasoning. And Benny Snell's currently taxi eligible. Balazs isn't. So I've been picking up Benny Snell over him. And I liked his college production. Anthony McFarlane, Maryland. Who's he linked Trash. Who's he linked to? You know, in the Pittsburgh organization that he was reunited with from Maryland. There's an offensive coordinator, maybe? Matt Canada would be the offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh. Well, are there any other last RB stashes you have for the good people here, Henry? Um goodness yeah i guess looking through maybe mike boone is the backup in denver next year nice after melvin gordon leaves boone um godwin Iguabuiki from the lions i know i butchered his last name um but what he had that super long touchdown a couple weeks ago and has looked pretty good every time he's been on the field gosh he's actually really old he's like 27 i would not recommend stashing him for that reason <laughs> i had never heard of the guy assumed he was young yeah yeah sorry name's too confusing trash yeah i always see him and i'm like oh chris godwin nope godwin equi <laughs> yep mr godwin godwin yep the other godwin trey ragos was talked up a ton in camp for the raiders with Drake going down for the year. Maybe he ever sees the field. I don't even know if he's still there, but they liked him in preseason. There you go. And in preseason, Sleeper Wire took a liking to us, and here we are on Dynasty Wire. Been an awesome season. Mm -hmm. I hope you are entering just as many playoffs as I am. I'm sure a lot of the listeners are better off from a lot of the information that you have given them here. I appreciate you showing up every week like you always do. Yeah, well, if I weren't here, I'd have to be somewhere else, and that doesn't sound like quite as much fun. So Definitely not. I appreciate the opportunity to do something that I love for a cause I support and people I enjoy who appreciate it at Sleeper Wire. These guys are all all all-stars. If you're not already subscribed to whatever pod service you're hearing this on, for Sleeper Wire, make sure you do so. They do an awesome job over there on Sleeper Wire show. They've got the mailbag, they've got the blitz, they've got the great debate. Uh, in the off season, you'll see various shows from various guests. There's Sleeper Wire shorts. Several of the guys from Campus to Canton have had episodes 
that you can find from the summer here leading up into the season. Make sure you check all those out. They have a whole team of writers and all these people are out here grinding, putting together information, uh, DFS content, start sit content, waivers content. Forgive me for not going down the list of all the writers there, but there's something out there for everybody. So if you haven't already gone over there to check it out, you can follow Sleeperwire Show on Twitter, and they have a ton of content out there just for you guys. Definitely. And it's free. Definitely worth a look. Like you said, they have everything. You know, DFS, defenses, IDP, stuff like that. They've really got a ton of bases covered. So if you've got a niche liking in fantasy, I don't know that we have anything related to keepers. Maybe we do. But there's a lot of information on a lot of different players, even college scouting reports, stuff like that available. Yep, absolutely. Before we sign off here, Henry, let them know where they can find you. Uh, at ClairvoyanceFF on Twitter and at Clairvoyance on Sleeper. If you want to hit me up, sure we can all create some sort of league with maybe some people this offseason. Ooh, a listener league. I like it. That would that'd be something. That'd be well beyond whatever that would get. So anyone that is listening, we do greatly appreciate you. Feel free to reach out. We appreciate you very much. I'm at Iowa in the NFL. We're on the Sleeper Wire Network. You can follow Sleeper Wire Network at Sleeper Wire Show on Twitter. This is Dynasty Wire. Thank you for hanging with us. Peace out. Does everyone think I'm a Jets fan now or what?